Shane Beamer met with the media this past Saturday to discuss the latest from fall camp and what happened from the scrimmage. Plus, could Beamer Ball be the deciding factor in a couple of South Carolina's toss-up games this fall? We'll discuss that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn, the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions do apply. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show as always for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. All right, so for today's Monday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, I got a lot to unpack for all of you. As I mentioned in the cold open, Shane Beamer did meet with local media this past Saturday after the Gamecocks held their first ever scrimmage in fall camp. And Shane Beamer discussed some things that took place during the first scrimmage, along with some of the latest from fall camp. Who all is standing out? What all is going on with the team? So in the first segment of today's show, I'll be giving all my three big takeaways from Shane Beamer's press conference. And then segment two will be a little bit shorter. I'll just discuss some of the injury notes that he gave from his press conference. And also a few other miscellaneous items that he did mention from the press conference. But I'll talk about that briefly. And then the final segment of today's show, I'll be discussing why the special teams unit, otherwise known as Beamer Ball under head coach Shane Beamer, could end up playing a deciding factor in a few of South Carolina's biggest games in the 2022 football season. I'll be going over all of that today on the show, so without further ado, let's go on ahead and get on right into it. So Shane Beamer, as I mentioned, did meet with the media this past Saturday after the Gamecocks held their first scrimmage, and he talked for about 26-ish minutes, taking a bunch of questions from the media, and there were three main takeaways that I had. The first key moment, in my opinion, from this press conference was when Coach Shane Beamer was asked about how Spencer Rattler did in the scrimmage. Of course, Rattler being the Oklahoma transfer quarterback, a lot of eyes are on him heading into the 2022 football season. And Shane Beamer essentially talked about how Rattler did really well in the scrimmage, but he did have one area in particular that he needed to improve on. And I did get a soundbite from his press comments regarding this question. So take a listen to what Shane Beamer had to say here. I thought um, Spencer, I thought, was good. He made some really good throws. Um, you know, I think sometimes he's got to get rid of the ball quicker. There was, you know, he knew he, he, knew he wasn't going to get hit, but I told him out there. I mean, there were some times that he would have gotten hit pretty good, you know, out there today. So he's got to continue to get rid of the ball better. But understanding the offense, leading the offense, uh, understanding what we're trying to get done, communicating that to the other 10 guys, did a great job the very first drive. I mean, he took the offense right down the field. Everything we do is first group, ones versus ones, so we don't do anything against, you know, first offense versus second defense or any of that. So when we're out there, it's our starting offense, first group against the first defense always. And uh, he came out and took that first offense right down the field and then ended the drive with a stop where we had to kick a field goal. 
And then the second drive, I think they came out there and it was a field goal. So we've got to do better at sustaining drives. But I thought he did a nice job, Hale, of at least managing the offense and, and taking them, you know, down the field uh, without our top two running backs and Josh Van not playing. So we certainly had some guys out. But like where Spencer is right now, and the thing with Spencer is we get closer and closer to, you know, game week is narrowing down what we're doing each week and and um, and, and getting dialed in from that standpoint. All right. So after listening to Shaver's response to the question regarding Spencer Rattler, my main takeaway from this answer goes back to my show on June 22nd earlier this summer when I discussed about what led Spencer Rattler to this point. Essentially, what led to him becoming a South Carolina Gamecock quarterback. And when looking back at that show, among the many factors that played into Spencer Rattler's, I guess, quote-unquote, sophomore slump, that he had in 2021, one of the factors I mentioned was his mental clock in his head changing due to the bad offensive line play, mainly the pass protection by the Sooners O-line in 2021. You know, when quarterbacks go back to throw the ball, obviously, they already have an idea that, you know, they pretty much need to get rid of the ball within two and a half to three and a half seconds once they've gotten it, and especially after they've gone through their whole drop back, or else they're going to get walloped by probably an opposing defensive lineman. But in Rattler's case, there were a lot of times where he even get that much time because of the Sooners' pass protection or lack thereof. And so because of that, I think that he started to get a lot quicker with his throws while he was there, and that led in part to him making some really bad passes and leading, in some cases, to some turnovers. So from what Shapemer said here in the press conference back on Saturday, it sounds like that Spencer Rattler has worked hard to correct this issue, but it seems like he may have overcorrected a little bit. But of course, there was also a lot of important offensive players that were out for the scrimmage this past Saturday, which I'll get into in just a little bit. And it also was the first scrimmage of fall camp. So there's definitely still some time for Spencer Rattler to try and get this sorted out before the Gamecocks play the Georgia State Panthers on September the 3rd. Now, the second key moment in my mind from Shane Beaver's press conference was when he was asked about the wide receiver room's progression with Spencer Rattler and how the passing attack was looking despite having a couple of key receivers out for the first scrimmage. And I also got a soundbite regarding Shane Beaver's answer to this question. So here's what Shane had to say in response to the question regarding the wide receiver room. Yeah, um, they're uh, they're doing a nice job. Um, you know, Xavier Leggett continues to impress. He was really impressive in the spring and continues to do a great job right now. Marion Brown, another guy returning. And, and there's a lot of talk about some of these new guys that we've brought in, and rightfully so. But I'm excited about the returning guys and the way that they've worked and, and elevated their game uh, this year as well to carry on Joyner. Um, you know, a, a lot of those guys. And um, yeah, I thought it was good. You know, we had some uh, um, explosives, explosive passes uh, towards the end and a two-minute drill and things like that. And got a lot of work to do. And every year in preseason, the defense is going to be ahead of the offense typically anywhere that I've been. And, and it's starting to slow down for the offense and these guys understanding the details of plays and and, uh, and, and and continuing to, to get better and, and clean things up. But I've, I've been pleased with them so far. All right, so my main takeaway from Shane Beamer's response here was that this statement or the collection of statements that he made in this answer should be music to Gamecock fans' ears for this reason. It confirms what has been said all along about Xavier Leggett and the wide receiver room as a whole. 
due to the fact that this has now been repetitively said or repeatedly said. Back in the spring, when the Gamecocks, of course, were going through all spring practice throughout March and heading into mid-April and then had the spring game, Xavier Leggett was one of the wide receivers and one of the main offensive players that was brought up consistently throughout multiple press conferences with both head coach Shane Beamer, offensive coordinator Marcus Satterfield, and a couple of his own teammates as well, saying that Xavier Leggett had really put the pedal to the metal during the offseason. He had really busted his tail to try to get better in the weight room, to get better on the football field. And concerning his Gamecock football career, Xavier Leggett for his senior season wants to go out on a high note and this statement that was made by Coach Shane Beamer just echoes how much he has done since January, it seems. It seems like Xavier is really pushing to try and get a potential starting spot in the wide receiver rotation. And based on what's been said, he might have a chance to do just that heading into week one. And another thing to take into account is what Amarian Brown said when the offensive players met with the media in the middle of last week. Amarian Brown, when he had his little press conference with the media, mentioned how the wide receiver room as a whole was just so deep this year. Everybody was pushing each other, and they feel like they go 8, 9, 10 guys deep. And, of course, you hear stuff like that from some players and coaches all the time, and sometimes you listen to that, and it just sounds like that they're just trying to make a big statement for fans to maybe just gravitate to it, to give them something. But... Because Shane Beamer basically said the same thing about the wide receivers with this answer, this definitely seems to now validate what Amari Brown said last week. And don't be wrong, I'm not saying Amari Brown was, of course, lying about what he said. But the thing is, when it comes to these press conferences and these coaches and players, when you hear a particular statement repeated over and over and over and over again, then you really know for sure at that point that, okay, this isn't any smoke and mirrors. This is legit. So that was my main takeaway from this portion of Shane Beaver's press conference. Now, coming up in just a few moments, I will go over my final big takeaway from Shane Beaver's press conference from this past Saturday, along with the injury report notes that came out from the press conference. But before I get into all of that, I do need to let y'all know that as you gear up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. Legion Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Myself being a recent college graduate, I've been able to stay in touch and create a network with many people who are alumni of the University of South Carolina. When you use LinkedIn Jobs, you can create a job post in minutes to reach both your own personal network and a worldwide professional network consisting of 810 million people. You can also add your job to the purple hashtag hiring frame on your profile, which helps you to find the right people that fit the job description to AT using tools like screening questions to filter through candidates and also populate viable choices. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus other leading competitors in the industry. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Why sit and wait around watching all these other people take other jobs? So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. Once again, that is LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCalls. Post your job for free today. Terms and conditions still apply. All right, now the final key moment from Shane Beamer's press conference, in my opinion, was when he was asked what he liked from an on-field perspective one week into fall camp and what he wanted to see going into week two. 
Now, Coach Beamer did do a lot of coach speak for the first 41 seconds with his answer here. But then he talked about how he wants to continue to develop depth and wound up making some comments about the freshman DBs that I thought was really intriguing. So here's what he had to say regarding all of that. For me, Colin, it's a lot of the same concerns that we had that last time, I guess, we talked was just developing depth and trying to figure out, you know, what, uh, who's going to play. But, you know, I've been excited about these freshman defensive backs that we have. I mean, we got some football players in that group and uh, some local guys, DQ Smith from Spring Valley. I mean, he is a football player. Uh, Coach Bacon at Spring Valley did an awesome job with him, with him. Nick Emanwari from Irmo. Aaron Brand did an awesome job with him. I mean, those two guys are football players. Uh, special teams, defense, you know, at this point, they're going to help us this year the way that they're working. Uh, Kawan Banks, freshman defensive back, doing a great job. So ex uh, excited about these young guys on defense. Stone Blanton at linebacker. I mean, there's a lot of young defensive players that have really stood out to me and have shown they are physical players that like to hit. And, and now for us, those guys on defense, those guys on offense, trying to figure out what their roles may or may not be on defense. Uh, how can they help us on special teams? And then this will be a big week. Yes, it's we're we're one week down, but we got three weeks till we play. So those guys have gotten off to a great start. Now let's see if they can continue to progress uh, here as we go into to week two and classes starting and a lot more on their plate. All right. So with this answer that Coach Shane Beamer gave. Here were my thoughts overall on this. Um, there's a couple reasons why this caught my attention. The first being Nick Emmonworry seems to be the real deal out of all the freshman DBs from the 2022 class. I mentioned in my show back on August the 3rd when I was breaking down the secondary on the defensive side of the ball that I felt like Keenan Nelson Jr. would be the freshman who would break the two deep. And my reasoning behind that was purely based on what I saw from his high school film and the lack of perceived depth at the outside corner spots, at least in my opinion, I felt like Keenan Nelson Jr. was pretty much the one who would be primed to break the two deep out of all these freshmen. But Coach Shane Beamer, while it doesn't seem like that, you know, Keenan Nelson Jr. is doing bad, of course, based on what he said, it seems like Nick Emenwari is the one who has really caught the coach's attention. And there's been other reports that have come out from the media during fall camp media who have been at the open practices so far, that Nick hasn't been practicing like he's a true freshman, that he is really mature beyond his years, and he is basically like a sponge when it comes to the playbook. And these comments from Coach Beamer seem to validate that the talk surrounding Nick is for real. So good sign to hear that not just Nick, but a lot of these freshman DBs seem to be doing really well so far in fall camp. All right, so that does it for my key takeaways from Shane Beamer's press conference. Now let's talk about some of the injuries that were mentioned. So the following players I'm about to mention are players that did not participate in the scrimmage this past Saturday. Marshawn Lloyd, Christian Beal Smith, Josh Van, Corey Rucker, Sherrod Green, and Landon Sampson. A lot of guys who are expected to be really important contributors for the football team this upcoming fall. Now, according to Coach Shane Beamer, none of these injuries are long-term issues. Most of them, it seems like, will either be back Monday or maybe in the middle of next week. Now, with Marshawn Lloyd and Christian Bill Smith specifically, they both apparently tweaked something in their foot or ankle, according to Coach Beamer, saying that the injuries are nothing major at all and they'll be fine. Both of them apparently happened on Thursday towards the end of practice. 
Now, Bingler also responded to a question about Jordan Birch in his post-scrimmage press conference that he is also out right now, but says it's nothing long-term, just we're limiting his reps a little bit right now. Said nothing major from his standpoint. He did not scrimmage today, but he said if they had a game, he probably would have played. Once again, saying that it was nothing long-term. He also said that he's just able to participate in all the periods during practice, but they map things out with athletic trainer Clint Haggard before then. And Coach Moon once again said he'll be fine for game one and is fine right now. I will admit the only injury I have a little bit of concern with out of all the guys I just mentioned is Jordan Birch because Coach Beamer seemed to try to be very adamant during the press conference about the fact that he was fine, like literally saying something to that effect five times or more, which kind of leads me to believe that it might be something more than, you know, just a nagging little injury that could take him out for a few practices. In my opinion, it sounds like it's an injury where if it's not properly taken care of or they don't really try to work around it in practice, this is something that could carry into the season. Again, not saying that Coach Beamer is lying about this, but again, we've seen coaches before use coach speak to sort of try to talk down a even moderate injury with a certain football player on their team to prevent a bunch of uh, chaos from really carrying out into the fan base. So, I feel like that could be a case of this right here, but we'll just have to see as time wears on. And then he also did say some other guys were banged up in the scrimmage and that he'd have to check with athletic trainer Clint Haggard regarding those players. He did say he was hopeful for nothing long term, but he also said that he didn't think it would be. He did not mention any specifics from the press conference. All right, now in just a couple moments, I will go over why I think Beamer Ball or South Carolina Special Teams Unit could be the deciding factor in multiple toss-up games the Gamecocks will have in the 2022 season. But before I get into all of that, I do want to let y'all know about our friends over at Built Bar. Now, for those who have or are interested in finding a good, nutritious, and healthy protein bar, there's a new flavor out at Built. Cookie dough, marshmallow, all covered in chocolate. I need to keep going? Okay, I will. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. It's the perfect treat. What's also great about Built is that all of these bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. Whether you need a snack after a workout, a late-night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and at the same time tastes better than a candy bar. So get to Built.com to order your box of cookie dough chunk puffs now. And if you're looking to save some money, we've got you covered there as well. When you go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON15, new promo code for those of you who've listened to this before, to get 15% off your order. Again, new promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at Built.com. Be sure to go right now while the offer lasts. All right, so let's talk about some Beamer Ball to cap off the show for today. So I went back and looked at some of South Carolina's opponents who they are playing in 2022 and what they did on special teams in 2021. And to do this, I looked at the special team grades, or basically STRs, for each of these teams in Phil Steele's preseason magazine for the 2022 season. And according to college football pundit Phil Steele, these were the ratings. At number two, we have Tennessee with an STR of 14. At number 16 was Texas A&M with an STR of 13. And number 18 was South Carolina with the same STR grade 
as the Aggies. At number 24, there's Georgia with an STR of 12.6. 45th was Clemson with an STR of 11.7. At 47 and 48th, we have a tie between Kentucky and Arkansas with both teams having an STR of 11.6. And the last notable one out of, I guess, the toss-up games for next season, in my opinion, is Florida at number 87 with an STR of 10. Now, out of all the matchups against these teams, there are three games that I want to focus on in particular. Arkansas, Kentucky, and Texas A&M. Games where special teams, in my opinion, could really come into play. Now, the first one I'll talk about is Arkansas. Why is this an important game? Well, it's a big early season test for the Gamecocks on the road in Week 2. And it's going to give a glimmer into what the season could look like for South Carolina, depending on how things play out. Now, there's a couple of special team stats for the Razorbacks you need to know. The first being that the Razorbacks finished tied for 86th in the FBS last season in terms of kickoff return offense, averaging around 19.4 yards per kickoff return. So why is this important to know? Well, as some of y'all could guess, Arkansas had the best rushing attack in the SEC this last season and looks to keep the ground game humming this year as they return their top three rushers and four of their five starting offensive linemen from last season. Now, South Carolina admittedly will probably not be able to completely stop the Razorbacks rushing attack for all four quarters. So because of this, there's two things that will be important for the Gamecocks in order to limit the damage in the ground game. One is limiting the explosive run plays, basically make it a game where it has to be three yards in a cloud of dust. If they get three, four, five yards, fine, but don't let them get like eight, 12, 15, or 20 rushing yards on a consistent basis. And then another thing the Gamecocks will need to do is make them have to drive the length of the field to score points. And I mentioned this in my video on rush defense this past week, that in 2021, the Gamecock defense showed an ability to bend but not break. If South Carolina can have Arkansas continuously start deep in their own territory, that'll help them a great deal in this game. Another stat for Arkansas that Gamecock fans should note is that they finished 93rd in the FBS last season in terms of team net kickoff average at 40 yards. Now, team net kickoff average is regarding the distance traveled on a kickoff for a particular team and then minus the yards that are gained back by the opposing team on the kickoff return itself. And I'm assuming this is only on kickoffs that were actually returned and not touchbacks or squib kicks or anything like that. So why is this stat important? Well, the stat above shows that Arkansas had a propensity to give up some yards on returns. South Carolina's kickoff return man, Juju McDowell, back in 2021, averaged 26.3 yards per kickoff return, which was 20th in the country on just 15 attempts. And multiple times, he nearly broke one loose for six points. Now, I've already put in prediction earlier this summer that Juju is going to get at least one, maybe even two kickoff return touchdowns this year. And if Arkansas isn't improved in this area, Juju may have a shot to get one in this ballgame, and it could prove vital, as I think that this game personally is going to be a really close ballgame all the way through the fourth quarter. So a play like that could pay massive dividends for the Gamecocks at the end of the day. Another note, this is also going to be Mitch Jeter's first ever game on the road as the starting field goal kicker for South Carolina. That is assuming he wins the starting job in fall camp, which again, I have no reason to believe he won't. 
And this is pretty obvious as to why this would play a huge role in that same game. Now let's move on from Arkansas and talk about the Kentucky game for special teams. Obviously, this game's important because the game has haunted the South Carolina Gamecocks for years now. who have lost seven of the last eight against the Cats, and they have to start winning this game again in order to climb back up the SEC East hierarchy of perception. Now, some stats to note for Kentucky. They were tied for the 15th lowest number of field goals attempted in college football last season with only 13 total field goal attempts. So why is this important and why did this play out that way? Well, Kentucky's offense was very efficient in the red zone. As out of 46 scores in 54 total red zone trips, only seven scores were field goals. So more often than not, Kentucky scored touchdowns if they got that deep into the playing field. And another reason was Kentucky was gosh awful with turnovers last season. They turned over the ball 23 times on offense, which was tied for the worst mark in the SEC. Now, the concern about this stat relative to the special teams unit alone is that Matt Ruffalo did not get a high volume of kicks in live game situations, which obviously is much different than kicking against air in practice, or even in scrimmages. It's just different when you have 60,000 plus opposing fans screaming their heads off at you whenever you're lining up to try to kick a 40 plus yard field goal. Now, the above stat may not sound important if you believe there won't be a drop off with Kentucky's offensive production this next season. But if there is, this next stat won't help if it repeats itself. In 2021, the Kentucky Wildcats averaged 16 0.7 yards per kickoff return, the 18th worst mark in the FBS last year. Why is this important? Well, like I mentioned earlier with Arkansas, South Carolina might not be able to stop Kentucky's rushing attack for all four quarters. So, of course, they'll need to keep big runs to a minimum and make them have to earn every point they get in the game. And having Kentucky pinned inside their own 20 on multiple kickoff returns would definitely help out in terms of field position throughout the entire ball game. And then the last game that I will talk about real quick is the Texas A&M game. Now, why is this game important? Well, this is the game after South Carolina's bye week, and A&M's for that matter, which means there'll be a total reset of where the team is at physically, mentally, and with the playbook. And it'll be another game where the Gamecocks have struggled mightily over the years, having never defeated the Aggies since they officially joined the conference back in the early 20-teens. Now, the special team stats know for the Aggies. When it came to kickoff returns, the Aggies were an absolute nightmare for their opponents last season, averaging a whopping 30.5 yards per kickoff return, the second-best mark in the country behind only NC State. Now, why is this stat important for this game? Well, for Gamecock fans who remember the AM game last year, and trust me, I understand that a lot of y'all probably try to block it out from your memory completely. Anaya Smith scored the first touchdown of the game off a 94-yard punt return, and after that, the game was pretty much out of hand for the Gamecocks on all fronts. The momentum completely changed from that point on. The Gamecocks could just never recover. A number turns both Onias Smith and Devon Achan, who each had a return for a touchdown and can break one at any given moment in any ball game. The Aggies did also finish 93rd in the FBS last season in terms of team net kickoff average with 40 yards, just like the Razorbacks that I mentioned earlier. Now, why is this important? Well, for the same reason I mentioned for Arkansas. While A&M seems to do well when it comes to kick returns and punt returns for their side, it seems like they don't do so hot in terms of defending kickoff returns. So Juju, therefore, just like in the Arkansas game, may have a chance to take one to the house. 
And based on how good both of these special team units are, it could play a big factor in this game, much more so than people are realizing. So not saying that special teams will for sure win us one of these games, but I could definitely see that playing out. And when you look at these three games, it seems like the Gamecocks hold the advantage at least a little bit or can match their opponent as well. I think especially in the Arkansas and Texas A&M game, this could play a really big factor for A&M, both on South Carolina's end and also defending the Aggies. And then for Arkansas, really trying to attack on special teams in that regard. So with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show. As always, what were your takeaways from Shane Beamer's press conference this past Saturday? Was there anything that caught your eye that I did not mention specifically on today's show? What about the injury reports? Do you have any concerns about any of these guys being hurt? And listen, I understand that you probably will from a baseline perspective, but is there any of these injuries that you think could end up lingering, kind of like I feel with Jordan Burgess, based on the way Shane Beamer talked about it? And then lastly, how do you feel about the special teams unit in some of these games this next season? Do you feel like now after hearing some of these stats that the Gamecocks might have a better chance than some are giving us credit for against Arkansas? or Kentucky, or a and Or is there another game that I didn't mention that you think this could really pay dividends? I want to hear your thoughts down below, as always, in the comments section if you're watching this on YouTube. But of course, if you're listening to this on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a lion underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And also, if you've enjoyed the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast and you want to get more on the entire SEC conference, then make Lockdown SEC your second listen every day, where host Chris Corey and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the entire SEC in just 30 minutes. So again, make Lockdown SEC your second listen after, of course, the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. But once again, y'all, that's going to do it for me on today's show. I hope that y'all have a great rest of your Monday and a great start to the work week as always. And I'll catch y'all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.